Hi, everyone. You're listening to Transported, real industry news, real industry innovation. I'm your host, Nisha Patel, and we're here to talk about all things entrepreneurship, supply chain, logistics, and technology. Today, we'll be focusing on some of the legislation that just passed and what's on the horizon. I'm joined by special guest Tucker McDonald with TM Strategies. How's it going, Tucker? Good, Nisha. How you doing? Not too bad. You know, we're coming off a long holiday weekend, so... Um, and of course the kiddos are now back in school, so that's a fabulous thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think it's timely that we're, we're going to talk about the inflation reduction act and all of its labor standards the day after labor day. So it's good <laughs> There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's just jump right in. Um, Tucker, I know you've been on before, so our audience knows you pretty well, but for those that might be new to the podcast, if you could just tell them a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. So my name is Tucker McDonald. I am uh, based in Washington, D.C. and have been involved in politics and government for over 20 years. Um, Worked for a couple of national labor unions and am now a political consultant and uh, doing some government relations work um, for uh, OPG. And so uh, excited to to talk about um, the progress that that we've seen in Washington recently because a lot of times we don't get to talk about progress. So <laughs> excited to do that. That is very true. Yeah. So you know, obviously, a, a big piece just passed, and that was the Inflation Reduction Act, specifically the climate provision. But let's talk a little bit about why this was so important and kind of what that does for the renewable energy industry. Sure. So, you know, what this what this really started as was the the Biden's administration's um, overall um, kind of climate bill and some other um, priorities that were not addressed in the bipartisan infrastructure bill. And so um, this bill uh, started off as what was called uh, the reconciliation package. Um, and, you know, morphed into a, a couple of different versions. And uh, it, it took, you know, um, policies that have to do with climate, that have to do um, with uh, Medicare, Medicaid, um, and, and other, you know, domestic priorities for the administration. What we have been following specifically has been um, the administration's uh, policy when it comes to uh renewable energy and, and potentially, you know, tax credits, um, as well as other programs to, to really stand up, um, you know, more consumer use of renewable energy, um, uh, dom- domestically. And also uh, there's a lot of provisions in this bill that are really designed for you as a, just a person, as a consumer, to start to rely more on renewable energy um, for your home needs. Um, but the overall arching goal um, of the bill was to try to see a reduction of 40% of greenhouse gases um, by 2030. Uh, and a major aspect of that uh, is, of course, um, the, I'll say, evolution of the production tax credits that have been around. Um, and, uh, and it's really exciting because, um, 
it's not only the, the, the wind and solar in industry, there's also geothermal. There's also, you know, some flexibility for new renewable energy technology um, to, to see some of the, you know, investment. Um, and it's, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a major policy focus for the administration. Um, and uh, so we're really excited to see, you know, the, the financial support um, go into an industry that's already doing extremely well, but hopefully, you know, this additional, um, these additional tax credits and support will, will really help to um, even reach our goals, even uh, on greenhouse gases that much faster. Okay. Now, is this one of the biggest pieces of legislation that you have seen passed for this industry, or is this just kind of um, on the tails of other big pieces? No, this is definitely historic because, um, you know, what we would see traditionally with like the PTC and the ITC are extensions that would happen every year um, that was really, you know, frustrating for industry because it's hard to plan and it's hard to know, you know, the level of the tax credit when you could count on it passing. And so one of the the biggest aspects of this um of this legislation and particularly the climate section is that it, it extends these tax credits for 10 years. And so that allows the industry to know, okay, this is, this is something that we can count on for the next 10 years when we're talking about deployment and development and really allows them to, you know, I think be aggressive and bullish on, you know, um, creating more of a footprint for renewable energy projects in this country. So that is absolutely historic. Um, you know, there's some other, you know, aspects to, uh, this, this legislation that I think, um, are pretty interesting tying, um, the labor standards to the tax credits. So there are some labor standards that allows, um, you know, the, the developer to take advantage of a hundred percent of the tax credit if they meet certain labor provisions, um, one for prevailing wage, uh, which basically just means for that portion of the country, there is a, uh, a standard that is decided by the department of labor. And, uh, as far as what a prevailing wage, uh, is in that part of the country and the, you know, the, the developer and, and the folks that are, you know, putting these projects together have to meet that. The other one is a, an apprenticeship um, requirement where uh, basically it's saying that for a portion of the, you know, a percentage of the construction, you've got to use um, uh, folks that have graduated from a registered apprenticeship program. And that's, you know, those tying those labor standards to tax credits, to my knowledge, I think is the first time that's ever been done. Um, and especially for tax credits that are, you know, this expansive and this large. So it's an interesting thing that, you know, developers and, and you know, uh, contractors and, and folks in the industry that are going to have to navigate. And, uh, and I know that we're already looking at, you know, as a company, ways to, to help customers to do that. And uh, I think that's going to be an exciting, you know, service that, that we can offer to, to our customers because, it's going to be just a lot of, you know, um, navigating between regulations with the Department of Labor, the IRS, um, to make sure that you can take advantage of 100 percent of, of that tax credit. And, you know, for, for companies that may have never had to deal with this before, um, you know, that can be a little bit of a headache. So we're hoping to, to, to help them with that. 
Mm-hmm. So that is really something that can um, help, I guess, similar companies like Logisticus Group is really being in the know and really understanding what the language says in order to help educate, I guess, their customers. Yeah. And I mean, even like just simply helping to track the, the information for them and to do surveys and to see kind of, uh, you know, how um, already some of these, you know, companies are are tackling these problems. And, you know, my my suspicion is that there's a lot of companies that are already paying prevailing wage. So it's just providing the documentation and kind of knowing where you are, because the way that the credit is designed is there's a base credit that, you know, of 20 percent of of the tax credit that you would qualify for if you don't meet um you know, those, those labor standards. And so, you know, to get to a hundred percent of, of that credit, um, you've got to meet these requirements and that's, you know, we're talking about, you know, millions and billions of dollars, um, for, for the taxpayer, um, who's applying for, um, so, you know, we're, uh, we're sifting through all of the, you know, the regs and, uh, and the implementation of it is also something that we we're going to really follow with the department of labor and the IRS and they'll be publishing guidance and guidelines. Uh, and so we really want to just be helpful for our customers to make sure that they have as much information as possible to, to take advantage of this tax credit. And, And this is one of the first steps, I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, the government is really taking to try to make the, um, you know, our nation more energy independent, um, making our planet cleaner. Um, and, you know, and that's definitely something that I think, you know, the companies in, in the renewable energy industry have been trying to do for obviously years since they've been in business. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, the kind of starting and stopping that we've seen with the PTC, which is, you know, had expired for about a year and a half. And, um, you know, everyone was waiting to see, you know, once, once the Biden administration had announced kind of their, their overall plans, there was a big discussion about, you know, how do we assist the renewable energy industry, which, you know, 10, 15 years ago was in its infancy. And, needed a lot of support. Um, but now we're also seeing that, uh, you know, more and more of these companies are, are, are really doing well and are expanding. Um, but you know, with the, you know, the, the information that we're getting from, you know, the, the scientific community about, uh, the increase of, of the impact of greenhouse gases, you know, every single, you know, every single month, um, it is there's a there's a sense of urgency I think that you see especially from this administration that they are they really wanted to get as much um, you know support and funding and you know uh, motivation to the industry to really expand as quickly as possible and you know that's what you know I think that that's you know uh, one of the reasons that they really wanted to make sure that that you know there were provisions in there to really help with the development of renewable energy. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, they have, you know, $10 billion investment for new manufacturing of facilities that make, you know, uh, renewable energy parts and that's domestic. So there's going to be, you know, there's also a real portion of this that is trying to push 
that um, these products and these components are made in the United States because we saw an impact, you know, with deployment because of COVID and because of the supply chain issues. And, you know, I know that we as a company did did well with helping our customers to help navigate that. But um, we really, you know, uh, are excited to also see that there's investment in trying to um, create some domestic uh, production of these, you know, uh, whether it's wind turbines or, you know, solar panels. Um, so that's that's another exciting aspect of, uh, you know, of, of this legislation. Mm-hmm. What do you think, um, you know, obviously, you know, every administration talks about, you know, wanting a, you know, cleaner planet, more energy independent. Um, what do you think it took to actually finally be able to say, okay, we can finally pass this inflation reduction act. Uh, what do you think it actually took in order for it to pass? I think that you've seen um, that, you know, the issue of climate change is becoming more and more of an issue that, that, um, Americans and, and, and voters care about. And so I think that there's a political pressure um, that is out there um, and that this was something that the administration, um, you know, really felt that if they weren't able to get something done to address this, you know, this historic crisis, that it was going to look poorly on, you know, the administration. And it was something that from, from you know, the moment the the president started campaigning that it was a promise that he was, you know, that he had made um, when he was running to try to pass policies to address climate change. And so I think that this is, you know, um, this is the, you know, the, the, the promise that he's keeping um, from the campaign. Um, and, um, and, you know, uh, I also, I think that the industry is evolving at such a pace that, you know, that really people are, um, you know, you know, you're just seeing more and more people that are, are getting their energy from renewable energy sources and more and more people that are really saying that that's where they want to get their energy from. And, you know, I think that that's a, a difference that you probably haven't seen, you know, where, you know, energy consumers, um, really want to have the ability to say that, you know, I'm getting my, my energy that is, you know, powering my home, powering my car, um, from a renewable energy source. And so I think that this demand is only going to continue to grow, um, you know, every single, every single day. Okay. Awesome. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, huge win for the industry that this passed. And so, you know, I appreciate you talking about this. Let's switch gears for a second. And um, why don't you update us a little bit on the port negotiations? Yeah. So, you know, uh, we have been monitoring uh, the the West Coast port negotiations um, that have been really going on since uh really since early spring, but really started in earnest, um, in, in July, um, the, the longshoremen union, um, and the, the management for, uh, the, the West coast port, um, their contract, um, expired, I believe July 1st. Um, and that was a three-year contract. And so, they had been planning um, for the contract to expire and that this was somewhat of a normal, you know, um, kind of 
schedule that, that, you know, the contract expires and then that's when you are bargaining. And so, uh, the union and, uh, management came to an agreement that there wouldn't be a work stoppage while they were negotiating and while the contract expired and have been, you know, in talks, um, you know, really since then, uh, things seem to be progressing, you know, relatively well. Um, you know, what's, what's difficult with some of these negotiations from the outside is it's hard to know really what's happening in the room. (laughs) So you're basing it on, um, you know, uh, reports that are coming out in the media and, you know, they, they, both sides try to, um, keep the, you know, keep the talks within the room and, and not share too much information. Uh, a source that was quoted in, um, the wall street journal, uh, recently said that, that negotiations had stalled a little bit, but what was interesting about it is it wasn't really an issue so much between the union and management, um, the issue that was causing uh, the, the the hiccup was between two unions um, about who maintains equipment uh, at the cargo handling terminal in the port of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is you've got, you know, yes, the longshoremen are negotiating uh, this part of the contract, but there's also other, you know, smaller unions that are involved, um, with the industry. And so this sounds like to me, just an issue of jurisdiction of one union saying, you know, it's our members who, uh, you know, maintain this maintenance. Um, that to me, you know, if I'm, you know, reading the reports correctly, doesn't sound like an issue that ultimately would create a a situation where we would see a work stoppage. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think, every day that people feel like the negotiations aren't resolved just makes people nervous and, uh, uh, it makes industry, uh, a little nervous. And, you know, in the, in the same article that it referenced that some of, uh, some importers have started to, you know, um, shift to the Gulf and East coast ports because, you know, uh, of these negotiations, but, you know, just in, just to guard against potential disruptions, but, we're going to continue to monitor the situation. It, it sounded like early on that they were able to kind of, um, you know, put aside the, some of the, the bigger issues. Uh, but, you know, um, the way these negotiations work is you, you kind of start going pretty quickly at the beginning because you agree to everything that can be kind of easily agreed upon. And then you kind of get left with the hard stuff. Um, and that can, that can sometimes take, you know, a while. And from, you know, from the, the union's perspective, they see this as a real opportunity, um, Mm -hmm. to try to, you know, really extract as much as they can because of, you know, the, we're still in the recovery of, of COVID as far as the supply chain is, you know, concerned. A lot of that is eased and people are very, you know, wary to, to see any more problems, which, you know, would be heavily impacted by a work stoppage. So the union has a, you know, they've, they've got some leverage right now. And, um, that being said, they also, you know, I, I do know that uh, the Biden administration and the Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh, is, is, has been actively monitoring the situation as well and really want to avoid anything that would impact, you know, the recovery um, from the impacts of COVID on the supply chain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so, I mean, going back to, you know, our conversation about, you know, renewable energy and domestic production, like, again, they want to. They want to see as much, you know, still as much, um, 
of these of this technology and blades and turbines and panels get into the country so that they can be deployed and uh so that's another you know the the administration is watching it and they got a lot of things they have to juggle but i think as of you know today um will things are things are you know maybe a little stalled but i i don't think that this is something that they that the the union management can't overcome Mm. okay well that's that's definitely good to hear and and i know that you'll be keeping an eye out on that for us and just kind of keeping us updated as um hopefully things you know get settled with that um are there any uh any other um uh, issues out there that uh, we should pay attention to for the rest of the year. I know we only have a couple months left um, in 2022. Um, you know, I think that they'll, uh, they're, you know, unfortunately where, where you now find yourself is this is pretty much now in the prime of election season. Um, you have a midterm election um, that will dictate, um, you know, who will control the United States Senate and the House of Representatives. So during that period, there's not a lot of legislating that gets done. Most people are pretty focused on, um, you know, campaigning. Uh, Congress will come back and, um, you know, after the election and, you know, depending on, on what occurs, you know, um, you know, still you may not see much get done before the end of the year. And, and, you know, between the bipartisan infrastructure bill, between the Inflation Reduction Act, um, you know, those were two huge pieces of the, the Biden's uh, Biden agenda that, that they wanted to see get passed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll start to see, you know, uh, a reframing of, of what the administration wants to try to focus on. Um in you know year three and year four um so we'll see kind of what that looks like um one thing i think uh maybe not that will i don't think will happen uh before the end of the year but something to for our customers and for folks to kind of flag is that there is a move um in a lot of states and uh, and at the federal level to address issues of heat standards when it comes to workers. Um, this is something that OSHA has, you know, been asking for comment on. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it is a, an issue, especially I think in the renewable energy sector where we have, you know, um, places, whether it's Texas or Arizona and, you know, Nevada, California, where, you know, renewable energy is, is, is done in a very hot environment. And so I think that you could see an updating to both state and federal regulations there on, you know, workers um, being, you know, impacted by heat stress. And Mm -hmm. so that could have, you know, an impact on deployment and just, you know, um, the development of of certain projects. So we'll continue to follow that, too. Um, But I think it's something that um, there's been a lot of discussion about a recent because just a lot of um, the portions of the country have been operating in a pretty severe drought with some pretty high temperatures and uh, forecasters are, are in a lot of these places are, are, are saying that this is only going to, you know, we're only going to be having to navigate um, these temperatures, um, you know, at, at higher and higher levels. So that'll be mm-hmm. something that potentially that um, we'll continue to, continue to monitor. 
Okay. Uh, any other uh, things on the horizon for next year or anything we should be on the lookout for? Um, obviously, you know, we know that the Inflation Reduction Act was historical. Um, so that was a huge thing for now. But um, anything else, our customers oh. or anybody? I think that just the the implementation of it uh, and that, you know, that's, it's going to be a little bit bumpy um, for everybody because it's, it's a new, um, you know, it's a, you've got, again, this 10 year window now. So you're going to see a lot of, I think, deployment and a lot of investment um, that people want to, you know, that, that people have been waiting for this type of predictability on. So those labor standards um, and, you know, just the implementation of the act itself um, and the tax credits, I think, you know, uh, until we see, um, you know, guidance from the IRS, the Department of Labor, it's going to be a little tricky. And then once we do see it, people just making those adjustments to now having to function to try to take advantage of the, you know, the full potential of those tax credits. Um so I think that's something that, you know, we'll, we'll see for, you know, a couple of years potentially is, is before people get used to it. Um, and we really want to help, uh, you know, help our customers navigate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Well, you know, Tucker, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to talk to us today about all of these important topics. And, uh, you know, I know that you'll be back uh, maybe before the end of the year, but definitely next year to just keep us updated and our audience updated on all things that have to do with legislation. So I appreciate that. Thank you. You got it. Happy to be on. Don't forget to subscribe to Transported on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow Logisticus Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn.